Hello and welcome to As Creeps, a podcast where we dissect, dissect, uh, 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 and correct the TV ads that raised us, fazed us, and amazed us. I'm a spooky host. <laughs> Two of them. Oh. Courtney and Al. Hi, I'm Al. Yes. I'm actually, I'm very frightened. You should be. Um, I'm gonna go hide. No, don't. I need you. Okay. My blood or? Blah. Okay. <laughs> I need that. And also, it's, I've been told it's not good. Is, well, your blood? Yeah. Is bad? I have been told my blood is bad. Hold on, let me. Oh. <laughs> oh. A poor vintage. <laughs> It tastes like nothing. Yeah, that seems you right. You know how you go to, like, a place like Las Vegas or, like, Florida, and they got that water that don't taste like nothing? Mm-hmm. That's what your blood is. Yeah. Your blood is, like, the Florida of blood. Well, I don't care for that <laughs> assessment. That seems rude. If you can't tell, it's spoopy Halloween, folks, I think. Right? This is coming out around Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, You're a Dracula. I'm I'm, a werewolf. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. I apologize for my... I started a Dracula accent, and I realized I can't hold one. I can't hold one. You just got to do the count. One bad podcast. Two bad... Yeah. Okay, good. I do have a spooky accurate for you. I'm excited. This is a story I've wanted to tell since we started, but I wanted to wait till Halloween. Because the story I'm going to tell is something that I saw, like, as a kid. Oh, God. Uh, Not, like, as it happened, but afterwards. Mm. And it freaked me out so much, I still have a very visceral feeling whenever I... Whenever I see this this thing. Okay. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, I get, yeah. Throw me in the deep end. Okay, let's do it. I'm so excited. I'm excited to see if you, A, find this spoopy at all, <laughs> and B, if you know this. Okay. Dan Roan was a sports anchor for WGN-TV out in Chicago, Illinois. During the... Ooh, ooh spoopy. Ooh, ooh. Chicago. <laughs> During the 9 o'clock news on Sunday, November 22nd, 1987, exactly 363 days after I was born. <gasps> oh, wow. I know. <laughs> That's close. I know. Spoopy. Roan was reporting on the day's Chicago Bears game, interviewing some of the players as footage from the game played over top. Suddenly, at exactly 9.14 p.m., the feed cuts out and screens across the city. Go black. What? The feed cuts back in again after about 15 seconds of dead air. But it's not back to Roan or the Chicago Bears. The screen now shows fuzzy footage of a person from the shoulders up. They're wearing an oversized Halloween mask of a man with an almost robotic chiseled features, a protruding chin, large temple ridges, and slick back blonde hair with heavily pronounced widow peaks. The person has placed comically large sunglasses on over the mask, (laughs) which is also sporting a saccharine smile. Behind the figure seems to be a piece of corrugated metal that rotates frantically back and forth. 
The sound which accompanies the picture was heavily garbled and staticky. The figure does not talk during this transmission, but sways erratically while an odd buzzing sound can be heard. I don't, this is very Videodrome. I don't yeah. know about this. <laughs> <laughs> do you, have you heard or do you have a This feeling? is not familiar to me. Excellent. It's kind of, it's kind of creepy. It's a little, it's a little spoopy. It's a little spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> the hijacking lasted 28 seconds before engineers at WGN were able to change the frequency of their signal, linking them to the st- station's transmitter on top of the John Hancock Center. Dan Roan comes back on screen looking bemused. Well, if you're wondering what's happened, <laughs> so am I. Actually, the computer that we have running our news from time to time took off and went wild. So what we're going to do is start over from the top of the bears and tell you once Well, Dan, that's not helpful. Yeah, he's like, uh, the computers, they're bad, I guess? Yeah. Uh, uh, the computers put a man in a room with a mask? Studio, well... <laughs> Studio engineers at WGN assumed the hijacking had occurred from inside the (gasps) studio. What? (laughs) Call is coming from inside the The, house. The waves are coming from inside the broadcast. And a search throughout the building began. No one was caught, and the engineers even began to hypothesize that the odd video was a pre-recorded broadcast from a separate location. Oh. But this was not the last time people saw the strange figure on Chicago TV that night. Oh, this is giving me... It's creepy! A little bit of the willies. It's, hey, Al, I'm going to show you what oh, they saw. Oh, yeah, no. I'm going to show you. At about 11.20 p.m., the local PBS affiliate WTTW was airing a Doctor Who episode. Oh. <laughs> You're trying. That is the only way to learn. Creepy. Interesting. (laughs) The signal cut to black only to be replaced with the same figure in the mask once again. The odd buzzing sound and twisted corrugated metal were also the same as before, but this time the figure spoke. (gasps) Oh no! Though garbled, viewers can hear the person make comments about nerds and refer to a WGN sports anchor as, quote, a freaking liberal. (laughs) It's not so creepy anymore. No, it's not creepy now. (laughs) Well, what you hear, what else they do? (laughs) Throughout the one minute and 22 second broadcast, the figure pretends to defecate, dances and sings, flips the middle finger while wearing a hollowed out dildo, and gets their bare ass slapped with a fly swatter. Creepy! Boogie, friggin' liberals. <laughs> the person can also be seen holding a can of Pepsi and clearly saying, quote, catch the wave. <laughs> WTTW was not able to cut the signal off on their own as there were no engineers on duty in the building that late night that late of night at Sears Tower where they were located. Quote, as the content got weirder, we got increasingly stressed out about our inability to do anything about it, <laughs> said Air Director Paul Rizzo. 
By that time, WTTW was actively looking through their options. The hijackers stopped their broadcast on their own. Since there was no one on duty during the disturbing incident, the only copies of the hack came from Doctor Who fans who had been taping the episode within their home VCRs. Of course they were, you freaking nerds. (laughs) I gotta have a collection of all the Doctor Who's. (laughs) You're the the liberals he was talking about. (laughs) How does this make you feel? Irritated. Irritated? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me your feelings. They're just irritated by this man and his hijinks. I'm not scared anymore. Not scared anymore? It is kind of creepy. I find it annoying. Oh, (laughs) Well, it's too bad because we're going to continue on with this okay. with this strange figure. Okay. With this strange Chicagoan figure. Viewers who witnessed the broadcast hijackings described a spectrum of feelings about the transmission. Some called it hilarious, while others called it unnerving. The FCC, however, found it to be irritating and dangerous. It was an illegal inf- interference of a broadcast signal and a violation of federal law. <gasps> Quote, I would like to inform anyone involved in this kind of thing that there's a maximum penalty of $100,000, one year of jail, or both. Phil Bradford, an FCC spokesman, told a reporter the following day. Nerd. (laughs) Everyone in this ad group is either a nerd or a freaking liberal. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're them. (laughs) It was me. You're the one. Former Chicago citizen. <laughs> 1987 former Chicago citizen. I have two guesses of who it is. Do you? My first one, Barack Obama. My <gasps> second one, Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> Where were they? Where were they? Not married yet. <laughs> the FCC did work out how the hacker had done it. They had placed a dish antenna between the transmitter tower and the original broadcast, interrupting the original signal and replacing it with their own. That's kind of cool. Again, red string. You talked about satellites, I my dude. I did. Well, red string. Red string. The equipment they would have needed did not have to be expensive. It just needed to be positioned perfectly. The FCC even pinpointed where the illegal broadcast would have been filmed based on the corrugated background. All the information could not help the government pin down the hackers. The incident is still officially unsolved. Oh, they never figured it out. Never figured it out. They don't know who that guy is. Never know. Do not know. This incident was never found out and is very famous on Reddit. There's like people saying, I've solved it. I know the hackers who done it. Um, <laughs> okay, well, tell somebody then. Yeah, I guess so. The There are other satellite dish hijackings. There was one um, guy who was very upset at how much he was paying for HBO. So he he hijacked that signal. And there was another one with, like, porn. They just put porn on the... Now they, that's a public service. <laughs> I think it was on a children's television Oh, server. okay, never mind. Those two people were caught. These people were not caught. Hmm. But why that particular mask with the odd, almost computer-generated features? And why the odd buzzing and gyrating background? And why the Pepsi and the odd catchphrase? It all goes back to one TV show and ad campaign personality named Max Headroom. You got the you got the you got the guy? I got the guy. You got the guy. Do you know remember what he looks like? I have just a very vague like shape in my mind yeah. of a face. Yeah. It's like very exaggerated. Yes, very angular. Deemed 
quote, the world's first computer-generated TV host. Max Headroom was the creation of sci-fi writer George Stone and animators Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton, who I must, uh, I must mention, directed the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, boy. Hells, yeah. Johnny Legs, you kidding me? That's, wow. I remember watching that movie as a kid and, like, really enjoying it. Well, yeah, it's for kids. It is for kids. It's for kids. It's not for anyone else. Yeah. For so me. Be quiet, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking liberals. <laughs> His creation or their creations were brought about when Channel 4 in the UK was looking to create a music video time block inspired by the video DJs of American MTV. That's where you went wrong. American MTV. Yes. Um, the American one. Oh, well. You know, they were loud. They were crass. They were talking heads. Who knew? They were they were wet and wild. Who knew what they were going to say? Those Americans. Yeah, they were doing shots, you know, in the in the Florida. In the spring break? Yeah. Yeah, Carson Daly's there. They were in a real world. God. Remember watching, like, a top 20 music video, like, t- on TV? Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. Wow. What was a music video that still has stuck with you as, like, for today that you saw as a kid? As a kid? Or, or like, I mean, growing up. As a teen. Yeah. Can I tell you mine? Please. Because I have one. It was Gwen Stefani and Moby's collab. Here we are now going to the east side. You know that one? Yeah. Yeah. That was on every time before I left for school and I turned it on. And there is a visceral part of that music video where Gwen Stefani licks Moby's bald head. I remember that. And I just cannot get it out of my brain. Oh it's my in God. there. It doesn't live in there rent free. I want it to charge rent for it. <laughs> Please. Yeah. But it is in there. The first thing that came to mind when you said like um, music videos have stayed with you, the first thing I thought of was yeah. Pink's music video for Don't Let Me Get Me, Aww. which is a very like high school anthem Aww. for like kids that don't fit in. Oh, Pink. And now she's like she loves she loves the lesbians and the gays out there. Hey. Now she's holding hands. Yeah. Going to go into a beautiful place where she comes down from the ceiling naked and sings. And we love it. And we love it. And we're cheering her on. Um I love I miss music videos. They still make music videos. Yes, they have to. Yes. I saw that WAP. You and you've seen Montero. Oh, I've seen Oh yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> Come on. With that pole? Are you kidding me? How old are you? <laughs> 365. (laughs) Max uh, would be the talking head between the videos, tying them all together throughout the show. Stone, Jenkel, and Morton took their own spin on things, writing Max Headroom a dystopian backstory that would be sprinkled throughout the show. In the Max Headroom future, the country is controlled by the mysterious Network 23, a TV network where the only thing that matters is ratings and keeping eyes on screens. You know. You know. Not like today. No. You know what crossover I'd like to see? Max what? Headroom and Mac Tonight. <gasps> They're very similar. Ooh. Oh, I got the chills. I don't think you can put them together. I think their chins would kiss. <laughs> I think if you put them together, the singularity would happen. <laughs> Possible. Oh, my gosh. We'll get to Mac Tonight. Yeah. We'll get to him. That hot piece of stuff? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Channel 4 loved the concept so much that they wanted to do a full movie before producing the music video show. They partnered with HBO and together they created Max Headroom 20 Minutes Into the Future, a cyberpunk made-for-TV movie. 
Yeah, we do have to watch this. Yes. We're going to have to. That'll be a Patreon episode. It's very good. Like, it's apparently really good. People like it. The movie featured Edison Carter, played by Matt Frewer, who is an investigated reporter who is trying to blow the horrific truth of Network 23 wide open. He discovers that the network has created a new form of subliminal, subliminal? advertising called blipverts <laughs> that cause viewers to literally explode. Ooh. The horror. The horror. You know, blipverts, that's what we see on the Twitter now. You know when, you know when, okay, you know when brands, Yeah. you know when brands, they go on the Twitter and yeah. they're like, we're your friends. We're your friends and we're horny. And we're funny. We get it because we're, we're also horny. So, you know, and if our country, if our company did something like transphobic, we're kind of sad about it. <laughs> anyway, that's what a blipvert is to me. Okay. At this yeah, that moment. makes sense. It does make our heads explode. It just, just makes something explode. <laughs> Carter is forced to flee with proof of the effect of blipverts only to suffer a serious head injury after striking a low clearance sign, which was labeled Max Headroom. 2.3 meters. Oh. oh. Okay. You get it? Yeah. Now, apparently, I didn't, I had not confirmed, but I, in some of my sources, it mentioned how in Britain, they had to switch, Max is about to get very, very popular. Mm-hmm. And in Britain, they had to switch the Max headroom sign to something else because people kept stealing them. That does happen. Yeah. It, <laughs> you're going to get some signs stolen. <laughs> The movie premiered on Channel 4 on April 4th, 1985, with the music video show hitting the channel three days after the movie. The show itself was an odd slice of the dystopian nightmare shown in the movie. Max Headroom, still played by Matt Frewer, appears glitchy and frantic with a computer-generated stripe background that gyrates back and forth. The show had no intro or credits, just pure static to begin and end the show with. Max himself is a loud, tongue-in-cheek host who fully acknowledges our capitalist nightmare monopolistic future while still winking and nodding to the horrors of media, corporations, and consumerism today. Channel 4's ratings doubled, and Max Headroom instantly became a cult classic. Quote, Anyone under the age of 25 just loved it. (laughs) And anyone above that age was just completely confused, said creator Rocky Morton. It was amazing, you know. It was a genuine phenomenon of its time. So I guess if we were to watch it today, we'd be like, ma, what? 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 We're capitalism. Geri- we're geriatric millennials. We love capitalism. So was this, would this have been Gen X watching this and getting yeah. it? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, would it be Gen X or would it be the baby boomers? Well, if it was the baby boomers. <laughs> and they were watching, and they were like, nobody else gets this but us. Nobody else And then they grew up to be. Okay, no, it wouldn't be baby boomers because my, my parents are the boomers and they grew up in the 70s. Yeah. So it would be the next, it would be the Gen X. Yeah, which makes sense to me. It, <laughs> this does have a Gen X feel to yeah. it, right? Like it was the capitalism disguised as anti-capitalism, mm-hmm. which is just... Classic. Mwah, well, it's about to get more capitalist. Oh, boy. This is when media, corporations, and consumerism got hold of Max Headroom. No, Max. Yep, too bad. In the mid-70s, Coca-Cola was losing big chunks of market shares to Pepsi thanks to the Pepsi Challenge. A marketing ploy where Pepsi would go to local malls and shopping centers asking the locals to take a blind taste test of the two rival sodas. The TV ad campaign that follows showed the public choosing Pepsi over Coke, though Pepsi claimed that the official rates of the challenge concluded that, quote, more than 50 
50% of tasters preferred Pepsi over Coke. How much more over 50? No one knows. Coke, it's not It's not a peer-reviewed study. It's like, it's some guys in a mall, my friend. Yeah, you, you don't got, gotta, You don't got to get upset about it. I, I got to watch the Pepsi challenge uh ads but i assume it's like it's a pepsi booth that you are walking into it's like it's it's not very scientific i wouldn't get upset about it well have you ever done one like that like a pepsi challenge tasting the difference i don't think so but i feel confident that i could now here's the thing i read um there was a study done after the pepsi challenge just to see how good people are at identifying pepsi or coke a hundred percent of the people tested say they can confidently tell the difference. Thirty percent actually did. <laughs> okay, well, listen, whip me up that Pepsi challenge. I'll show you what I'm made of. Ooh, we have a throwdown. Yeah. When I taste both of them, I say ick. Okay, well, you listen. Mm, not for me. We all different strokes, you know. Now, Doctor Pepper. Oh, oh. Doctor Pepper! Oh shit! That's my guy. Oh my god, it's my guy. That's my physician. <laughs> he says seven cc's of me. <laughs> I love Doctor Pepper, and I will stand by it. Have I had a Doctor Pepper in the last sixteen years? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have I? Yeah. Yeah. It's of course, good. it's good. It's good. So consumers were convinced and people started bep- buying Pepsi. I almost said Pepsi. <laughs> consumers were convinced and people started buying Pepsi in droves. Coke was also hit in the mid to late 80s when Pepsi released its Choice of a New Generation campaign, which launched an extremely popular Michael Jackson ad. Uh. Pepsi also blew its budget by hiring the biggest stars of the time to swig its bubbly stuff, including Lionel Richie, Tina Turner, David Bowie. Oh, my God. Wow. I know. Gloria Stefan and Michael J. Fox. Pepsi, of course, was also heavily featured in Back to the Future 2 in 1989. Twas. With the, like, futuristic Pepsi. Yeah, Which they that. sold. They sold the bottles, like, as a special thing. Um, it's also mentioned that Max Headroom, a reference to Max Headroom, is mentioned in Back to the Future 2. Oh, really? So, you know when Michael J. Fox's character's son? Uh, weird. Weird to explain. <laughs> goes into the Pepsi, like, cafe. Yeah. And it's, like, the 1990s cafe or the 1980s cafe. Yeah. And there's a Ronald Reagan on a TV, and he's glitchy. And he has a weird mask on. Yeah. Max Headroom. Oh. Yeah. Cool. The references. Oh, red Red string, red Red string, string, red string. string. Oh, we'll talk about Ronald Reagan soon. (laughs) We're going to add the mother of all red strings soon. Oh, boy. In order to bite back at Pepsi, Coke released New Coke in 1985. (laughs) It was bad and consumers were biting. New Coke was dying and needed a computer-generated savior to pump up its brand. Uh, We do have to say, we're in another locale recording. Yes. And we are in the big city, which means um, there's hammering randomly. Yeah. And also ambulances. Because we are near a hospital. We are are near a hospital. But, you know, you you know us. We're trying our best. We're doing the best we can, Everyone else, the worst. Yeah. Teaming up with Cinemax, who owned the American rights to Max, and director Ridley Scott. Ooh, that that one. The 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 fucking gladiator guy. Yeah. Yeah. And aliens? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Alien. Alien. I love how I'm like the gladiator man. He made a new movie where Matt Damon is a knight 
and also Ben Affleck is a knight, and also Adam Driver is a knight. Mm. And um, I kind of, in my bones, I need it. Oh, knights <laughs> to remember. Ooh. Did he do the one with, um, you know, wherein um, the guy uh, oh, is um, the replicants? The replicants? You know, and the building's like upset. It's like a pyramid, but they cut the top off. Oh, boy, I have no idea what you're talking about, um, buddy. Like, is it a Jalian movie? Is no, it a creepy? Um, who's the Han Solo? Who is the Han Solo? Harrison Ford. He was in it. Oh, he was in it. You know, the fugitive. No. no. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Air Force One. Tears in the rain. The, Tears uh, in the uh, rain. I, a kiss from a rose on the grave. No. No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's just right on the edge. I'm not even trying to remember. I'm edging myself. Okay, well, you... Blade keep... Runner. No. Did he? Did you Blade Runner? I don't sure. know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, I got there. I got me there. Look, we're both nerds. If nobody got me, I know I got me. Because I got me there. <laughs> was that, was that like The Stranger? Where you just... <laughs> yeah. You don't know a movie and suddenly you get it? Yeah. Oh. A Max Headroom became the talking head for New Coke. The Catch the Wave ad campaign gathered praised nationwide attention and raised Max's profile to superstardom. After the series of ads, 78% of all American teenagers recognized Max. Wow. More than Jesus. Hey, when you got it, you got it. You know what I mean? Right? Also, the Jesus they show in the pictures is white, and so no one recognizes him. Yeah, they're like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this fucking guy? Loser. <laughs> uh, the ad campaign was rated the most popular of 1986 in front of the California Raisins and Bar- Bartles and James. Bartles and James. Oh, yeah. You know, that liquor that you had as a kid. <laughs> Probably. Excuse me? Right? Okay. Didn't you partake? Uh, no. Bartles and James? Had a lot of wine. Wow. Oh, well, you're fancy. Uh, yeah. I'm I loved a wine cooler. I loved the idea of a wine cooler. Being a cooler. teen? Getting yeah. a wine cooler? Oh, my lord. Oh. Wow. You're like, I could drink alcohol? So fancy. And it doesn't take, taste like shit? Yeah. D- it did, though. Yeah. It knocked Pepsi down to fifth place. Even though Max Headrooms and his ad campaign was a hit, New Coke still couldn't shake it. In 1985, Pepsi symbolized youth and Coke represented tradition, in part because this was largely its ad message over the last 50 years. This history can be summarized by my personal favorite quote of all time from Rocky Mountain News columnist John Coit when he called Pepsi, quote, sugar plum fairy gag juice, Uh. while Coke was apparently the more preferable, quote, daddy juice. Coke is my daddy juice. <laughs> yeah, baby. This is in a review. Yeah. It was written on paper. That's wild. Hey, are you a sugar foam peri gag juice? Or are you a daddy juice? Well, I'm a daddy juice. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're all, Hey, buddy, we're both daddy juices. <laughs> when Coit received a case of new Coke, he blasted it as, quote, a lousy imitation of Pepsi. New Coke was a knife in the back of Atlanta, Georgia tradition. Southern consumers were incredibly vocal of their hatred of the stuff because it's made in Georgia. Mm. They're in. They're into the Coke stuff. Yeah, they're into. That it. makes sense. Yeah, the media was searching for the Gettysburg and the Cola Wars, and this was it. 
Pepsi, rep- representing the North with their headquarters in the in Purchase, New York, was of course victorious. Mm. The pe- the Coke Wars, the Rock and Roller Cola Wars. <laughs> Is that what it was? JFK blown away. Well, oh. do I have to say? <sighs> we who? did not start <laughs> the fire. But who did, Billy? Who did? God. Oh, wow. White Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Max was able. Oh, I wanted to ask you, as a as a pop drinker, yes. Um, do you find Pepsi sweeter? Yes. Okay, that's what I read everywhere that Pepsi was sweeter, and it was like teen. The teens they like Pepsi more. Coke has an acidic bite to it. Oh, okay. That makes it a little more satisfying, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Apparently, co- Pepsi you can only drink a little bit, but Coke you can keep go. You know, throwing them back. <laughs> a new Coke. A new Coke was apparently sweeter to mimic for the for the kids you know what here's you know what they should have done what put the cocaine back in (laughs) new new coke i've been saying it wow i've been saying i've been waiting put the cocaine back in i mean it was the 80s it was the 80s (laughs) oh man oh lord i also read a i read, read a conspiracy theory that said that new coke didn't like wasn't changed that and it people was just a, got upset. That people got upset, and that they when they brought old Coke back, then their their numbers rose, and that's how they. That was a, it's a little conspiracy theory I'm working on for the next season of Ad Creeps. Honestly, <laughs> Max was able to easily shed his popularity away from the new Coke ad campaign. ABC, at the time a third place network, opted to turn the 20 Minutes into the Future movie into a TV series. Hmm. Something we also have to watch. Yes. Not as good. But turning a British cyberpunk movie into American TV series did not go, predictably, as well as you'd think. Hmm. <laughs> like, I guess, what would be, I was going to say, what was successful? I guess The Office the was Office like, is like the big one. The big one. Yeah. Was there an American bake-off? Is there an American bake-off? No. No. It's not nice. American reality shows aren't nice. Well, now, I someone on Twitter, and I think it was my friend Casper, I'm not sure, posted uh, an interesting uh, like link to an article or a quote from someone that said, like, you know, on, a, on, on Bake Off, they're yeah. competing for a bouquet yeah. and a cake pan. Yeah. And on reality shows, they're competing for $100,000. Oh, and some of them, you know, have I kids see. at home, and some of them have medical bills, and ah. some of them have student loans, and... So it's not so nice. It's a lot more Hunger Games. Yeah, it is. <laughs> or Squid Game. Yeah. The Squid Game? The Squid real. Game. The series was frantically put together with ABC headhunting writers from the CBC Twilight Zone revival, including then-obscure writer George R.R. R. Martin. What? <laughs> Germ? If you look on his blog, he has a whole thing reminiscing about Max Headroom. Wow. Yeah. He wrote two like he himself wrote two episodes one was too weird and they didn't pick it up that sounds right uh, <laughs> uh he wrote the christmas episode of max headroom <laughs> just those two things feel so incongruous <laughs> we gotta watch it we gotta it's watch out it there. abc the abc show did not do well hailed as innovative and groundbreaking, but proved to be way ahead of its time. Its ratings were especially dire when it was pitted against NBC's Miami Vice and CBC's Dallas. Yep, that sounds right. You can't, you cannot. Can't compete with Dallas. Oh my gosh. 
But Max Headroom lived on in media. He made the cover of Newsweek, he was parodied on the cover of Mad Magazine, and was even able to make a guest appearance on David Letterman. Okay. They well they so they wheeled out like a TV and Max existed because Max for the longest time they like played with the wink nudge nudge of this is a computer generated thing. Yeah. And even on the the TV show. So they didn't bring out the actor Matt. No. They just they put him on the TV screen and he interacted with David Letterman on the TV screen. That's interesting. <laughs> to me this is like Kermit being on the masked singer. It's bullshit. Oh yeah. That was weird, huh? Yeah. It was too that was too much. He was in that little guy. He, he was, was in it. He was they're Muppets. Hey guy hey hey y'all. Muppets ain't real. Okay, I don't care for that attitude. I don't know. Have you seen the new Muppets movie? The, the no. The, the 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 don't. Okay. It's really interesting. Kind of. Anyway. <laughs> I have thoughts. I have Muppet thoughts. Looking forward to your new review YouTube. <laughs> On Muppet is called Muppet Thoughts. Yeah. Deep thoughts with Gonzo. Me. <laughs> Max merchandise reached Spuds McKenzian proportions. Wow. Including sleeping bags, skateboards, watches, trading cards, and of course, Halloween masks. Yeah. It was this very Halloween mask that made an appearance across Chicago television screens on November 22nd, 1987. The Max Headroom incident, as it is now called, captivated so many because the purpose and message were not clear and because no one was caught. One can guess that the broadcast hijackers were making a parody of a parody. Max's constant set of commercials and merch caused an environment that was exactly the type of future warned about in his media. Max had literally become what he intended to be a parody of. And maybe just that didn't sit right with two hackers from Chicago. Or maybe it was a couple of friends with a satellite dish, a Pepsi, a fly swatter, and an overpriced Halloween mask who just wanted to pretend to defecate on television. <laughs> Whatever the reason, we can be sure Max Headroom would be proud. You ready to see the ad? I'm very ready. Okay. I'm ready to just ingest all of this. This is this is the Ridley Scott ad. Oh, so okay. So this is the, the kind of dystopian one. Cool. We'll return after these messages. Is this a private party or can any store crash? So new Coke is catching on. The taste is better and newer than... <laughs> you said the P word. <laughs> so what I want to know is, if you're drinking Coke, who's drinking Pepsi? If you can't beat it, catch the wave. Coke. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Wow. I looked this up because mm-hmm. Max reminds me. I watched a bunch of the the ads and everything, and the TV show and the movie little clips. Does he recognize his characterization? Recognize? Um, do you recognize from maybe your nineties? Yes. Who do, who do you Who do you feel? There's some uh, There's some Jim Carrey in there. Yes, a hundred and ten percent. There are sources that say Jim Carrey copied his this sort of um way of acting for the mask originally mm. um and then just kept doing it and just hey kept going <laughs> <laughs> kept going it was max headroom was an inspiration for the mask yeah 100%. that makes sense i mean yeah visually that makes sense this yep. guy his head woof 
It's blocky. Yeah, it's blocky. It's 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 prosthetics. So and then my, um... he had a um, fiberglass like top. Oh yeah, and it it was like a uh, crop top. So it's not a whole thing. It was really cool to see. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He and Mac and I are boyfriends in my mind. <laughs> And the mask is sitting there like, well, what about me? No, you go away. We don't want <laughs> we you. We don't want you. I think they do, they are boyfriends and they do hold hands. Yeah. But through television. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Max tonight's in the, he's in the freaking sky. He is in the, he is in the sky and so is Max. Max Headroom is in the, in the tubes. Yeah. So is it. It's lo- a long distance <laughs> thing. It's like one of those, my girlfriend is the moon situations. Yeah, absolutely. But this is, his boyfriend is actually the moon. Yeah. <laughs> What did you think about... So this is the one done by Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, it is very dystopian in itself. It has Ridley Scott vibes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. What Can you describe what you saw? Okay, so we've got sort of a, a hall packed with uh, youngins, uh, like yeah. teens. Yeah. Um, and they're all... They've got cans of new Coke, and they're cracking them together as they chant for yeah. Max. Yeah, I don't like this. No, and there's a, a big screen, and then uh, we see uh, Max comes on the screen, and there's sort of like a digital background, and he's you know, doing his thing with his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's pitching the coke, man. Yeah. The two kind of catchphrases is catch the wave, which mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. The wave of new coke? Yeah. I guess so. It's new, catch it. Okay. And then don't say the P word. Don't say the P word. Yeah. Which is very, very funny because they did say it twice. Yeah. I don't know how they got away with that. Can you say other products in your commercial? I don't think you're supposed to because it's that's why they always say like, you know, versus the leading brand leading or whatever. Brand, yeah. Maybe maybe that. I mean, as advertising experts, we should know this. Wink. Yeah, the we're we we're in this for the long that. haul. Uh, <laughs> not commenting on the dire situation that capitalism has <laughs> Certainly built. Certainly, no. It's about actually uh, advertising. Mm, anyway, don't say the p word. Don't say the p word. I won't. I'll say Pepsi. <laughs> A Pepsi. It's Pepsi, bitch. Yeah. Pepsi's back, bitch. <laughs> Catch the babe. Oh, wow. I love it. So uh, we hiring Ridley Scott 2021. Look, 2021, people ain't drinking Coke anymore because, hey, it's bad for you. And yeah. everything's bad for you. And also you have to drink water, but you have to pay for that. Yeah. And Coke will sell it to you. <laughs> But Max Headroom, like, you know, he's a cult classic for Gen Xers. And Gen Xers, they old now. Yeah. You know what? And they're part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. As are we all. So how are we going to get those Gen... They're they're 40. Yeah. They're 40 years old. How do we get those Gen Xers back? Well, first of all, we're going to... What we're going to do is this ad campaign is not going to be like, you know, regular commercials. Yeah. It's going to be cut into their TV shows. Oh, on like when they're streaming? Yeah. Okay. And even if they like torrented or whatever, they're okay. still going to get that cut in there. So is it okay? Is Are we bringing back Max? I don't know if it's Max. Maybe I, like I You gotta. You think it's gotta be Max? It's gotta be Max. Okay, well, you know what? We'll renew Max's contract. Or how about this? Guy in a Halloween mask. Yes. <laughs> Let's get this guy from Chicago. Let's, they finally, they put out like, okay, if you're, wink, wink, if you were the hackers, come to us. We'll give you a job. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I think, I don't know, are we advertising new old Coke back with cocaine? I think you got to go with your gut. I think that's what it is. I think it is. I think it's man in Halloween mask from Chicago. Yeah. I think you can barely understand what he's saying. Uh-huh. I think he's holding up a line of Coke. I mean, a can of Coke. 
Or a line. And then he both. does a line. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then his friend swats him on his behind with the flies water, and then they make out. Done. In the mask. In the mask. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think that's it. New old Coke. What do we need? We need... We need to get through 2022. We're coming up to 2022, baby. <laughs> new, new Coke? It's got extra Coke in there. <laughs> some, yeah, just some extra Look, special Coke. The Southerners, they'll love this one. <laughs> no more Coke Civil Wars anymore. No more Cola Wars. That was easy. Yeah. You know what else is easy what? and sleazy? Oh, Some local ads. I like easy, sleazy local ads. You got one for me? Yeah, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> and I remembered that. Good. <laughs> oh, boy. So this uh, commercial, this local ad is from St. Louis. Ooh, St. Louis. Yeah. They got that big arch. They got that arch. Can't wait to see what else they got. Triangle, two years, no finance charge, Jurassic credit. If we charge you finance charges, then Schwagangle will give you a new Mercedes. Schwagangle, the home of no finance charges. Two years, no finance charges? I don't believe it. We're eating up the competition. It's Schwagangle's two years, no finance charge, Jurassic credit. No one should be eaten alive by high prices and finance charges. I should have gone to Schwagangle, the home of no finance Okay, so this is Jurassic Park 4 Yeah In St. Louis um, We've got three guys And I want to assume that they're just They're, they're brothers And I, they opened up an insurance store together And they're like, you know what, my nephew uh, He knows how to do the Photoshop <laughs> And what these There is a green screen involved This is from 1993 Oh, it feels like Oh, that's why Because Jurassic Park came out in what, 92, yeah. right? I can't believe that Anyway um, they're sitting on chairs. Yes. In the green screen, but the chairs have been replaced by the dinosaurs. Yes, and my favorite is the guy on the left. Yeah. Who looks a little bit like he's riding a bike. <laughs> their legs are swinging, their arms are swinging, and then another guy comes and he gets picked up by a dinosaur. Oh, that's delightful. It's very, Thank very you. good. Thank you. Swigart? No. Schweig Angle. Schweig Angle. Wow. I like to see a schwag angle on that one. Schwag angle has a swag angle. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, I love that. If you have a local ad that heavily features computer-generated uh, bad animation and or green screens, you have to give them to us. Yes. Uh, you can email us adcreeps at gmail.com or the tweets. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at adcreeps. Uh, yeah. And in, yeah, and in, I was going to say, and Instagram, but you already said that. You got it covered. <laughs> I'm fading fast. I need some fuel. <laughs> I can help you with that. You got some new, new Coke for me? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, until next time, we are signing off. But first, a word for my spouse. Spoopy Halloween, everyone! Ooh. I want to suck your Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs>